The following program is an exclusive sports presentation of News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5 News Gazette Media Stations. Brad Underwood says, let's go. Frazier dribbles, backs away with three, going to have to shoot it with two, a long, long three. Oh, he got it! He got it! And that's going to end the half and listen to the roar! Fighting Illini game day is on the air. The countdown to tip-off is underway with the Rudy Wealth Management pregame show. Your first look, an in-depth preview of today's contest here on News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5, the flagship home for fighting Illini basketball. Over the shoulder pass, Io to Georgie. Thought about a three, instead puts it on the deck, goes around, go and laid it in. I like it. Illini with a man advantage. Here is Dosumu for three, and he got it. Illinois up big, Io to DeMonte Now from courtside at the State Farm Center on the campus of the University of Illinois, here's your host, Scott Beatty. Good evening, everybody. Welcome in to the State Farm Center Illinois basketball tonight, taking on the Wisconsin Badgers here at the State Farm Center on this Wednesday night. I'm Scott Beatty alongside Lauren Tate. The Illini a week ago had a brilliant performance against the Minnesota Golden Gophers. It was the opposite of that on Sunday afternoon in Iowa. So they're trying to bounce back tonight and pick up their second win in Big Ten. Hey, the Wisconsin Badgers coming off a stretch where they lost four of five ball games. And what a better is there a better way to do it than an upset of the Michigan Wolverines? They did that on the 19th with a 10-point victory. So tonight the Badgers roll in, and the Illini will try to do something they have not done since 2011, and that's beat the Wisconsin Badgers. Well, Lauren Tate? They've had good teams, and Illinois hasn't been as good. And, and uh, you'd think that the home court would be an advantage, and it is. The last eight teams to play, uh, the last eight games played in the Big Ten have been won by the home team right now. And you've got you've got six or seven teams in the Big Ten with the with the zero or one loss. I mean, at home, home is big, home is huge, and and yet uh, Illinois is you know had, we saw that in the Minnesota game and the game broke wide open, but that's the only win Illinois has so far. There is a lot of because we haven't played at home much either. That's true. <laughs> there's there's a lot of orange here tonight. They're handing out orange T-shirts for the coaches versus cancer. It says crush cancer with a K, so the student section will all be in that behind us as well as the uh, front rows across from us on the west side of the courts. And it'll be an 8 p.m. tip. They schedule that usually on these doubleheader nights. It's a little bit after that, maybe 8.07 or 8.12, whatever they determine on the TV side of things. Ilana, I've uh, been getting solid performances from Io DeSumu and Georgie Bajanishvili. Kipper Nichols has been uh, absent from the scoring sheet for the last couple of ball games. The Illini will need him, as well as obviously Georgie Bajanishvili, who will have his hands full, facing potentially a player of the year in Ethan Happ. He creates a real problem. What do you do? Do you double him? And if you double him, who do you leave open? And uh, with Trice back shooting 44% from the, the three-point line, with Davidson in there, it's it's just a tough uh, decision to make. And and. Uh, He's just good enough to make it really tough. 
Ethan Happ is the number one player in the Ken Palm Player of the Year rankings. He is also trying to become the first Big Ten player to average at least 17 points, 10 rebounds, and four assists per ball game in more than 20 years. And on top of that, he's three points away from becoming just the sixth player in Big Ten history to have 1,900 career points and 1,000 rebounds. Last to do that, Alan Henderson did it back in 1995. He's a really good player. He's not going to shoot from mid-range and definitely not going to shoot from the outside, but when he's inside, he is deadly. Somehow the Illini will have to keep the ball away from him. Have you ever seen a player so good with either hand, and he is good with both hands, left and right hand, that can't shoot free throws? I mean, a really great player that uh, maybe Jeff Patrikas has got an answer for that. What? <laughs> Why can't? Uh, go ahead. We'll, and Jeff Patrikas covers the Badgers is going to join us in a second, so that's a good question to ask about it. So we're off and running here on the Rudy Wealth Management pregame show. For all your retirement planning and investment needs, Rudy Wealth Management voted number one in the People's Choice Awards. Yes, Jeff Patrikas with us in a moment from perspective from Badgerland. Also our keys to the game later on, the coach's corner with Orlando Antigua. Brian Barnhart has that conversation as we keep rolling from the State Farm Center in Fighting Illini game day. It's Fighting Illini Game Day. The Rudy Wealth Management pregame show continues on News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5. Now with more, here's Scott Beatty. State Farm Center tonight, Illinois against the Wisconsin Badgers. The Illini 5-13 overall, 1-6 in Big Ten play. The Badgers are 12-6. They are 4-3 in conference. They've had a couple of home losses, but they beat Michigan on their home floor in their last ball game four days ago, 64-54. Jeff Patrikas is with us. He covers the Badgers. He's been doing it for a while with the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel and a friend of our airwaves. Good to have you here, sir. Thank you so much for joining us. And thanks for having us down here where there's no snow compared to up at home because we got pounded last night, apparently. <laughs> really? We dodged a bullet over the weekend. They were saying prepare for uh, the worst, and... Uh, not much came. Good. They called it a busted forecast. But, Lauren, you, you were all set to ask him about Ethan Hatt's well, hands. I guess I really want to know is what's his future with, with his inability to have a mid-range game? Uh, you know, he's going to – I'm guessing it's going to be either G League or over in Europe initially, and then he's going to have to try to work on his game. I mean, he, he works on those shots, mid-range and three-point shots in practice. But he's smart enough to know that that's not what is going to help this team this year. I mean, it would be foolish for him to take a mid-range jumper or a three-point jumper because he, he does his work around the basket. But he's going to definitely have to expand his game. I've seen him catch the ball 15 feet out and still get him wind up shooting. His, his foot movement is, is incredible. You know, that's the thing that, as he has progressed, has been most amazing about him. You would think that the logic is, well, he can't shoot, so lay off him, and he won't be able to get to the rim. He still gets to the rim, and, and they utilize him in different ways to give him space to do that. And You know, his biggest Achilles heel as a college player, though, is obviously free throws. I've heard a lot about the culture for this team and them having to wear And you hear that all the time with every coach and every team. Can you sense, though, something different that they wanted that they didn't have last year when they missed the tournament for the first time in 19 years? Well, a couple things. that they're One, they're healthy this year, okay? I mean, Brad Davison had a bad shoulder. I think it dislocated, I want to say, at least a half dozen times during the year. Um, Demetric Trice played in only 10 games. Kobe King played in only 10 games. There was a game at Purdue last year. They had three walk-ons on the court, or former walk-ons. You're not going to win in the Big Ten that way. 
Um, so they're healthier this year. And in the offseason, they did talk about the fact that they wanted to get closer as a team. And you've got basically the whole team living in the same co apartment complex other than uh, freshmen can live there. They have to live in the dorms. So it's a closer bunch. They made a concerted effort to do that. But the health, having more shooters to surround Hap, uh, that, and being a better defensive team has really helped this team. Why have they struggled? Uh, it, it seems like they should have all the pieces they need. The, the common theme in the loss to Minnesota and Purdue at home and then Maryland on the road, they fell behind early. They, if you look at the shooting percentage, they do a much better job in Big Ten play second half versus first half. Um, in the second half, they're in the high 50s. First half, it's, I want to say, in the 30s on average. Um, and then they got back in those games. But Minnesota, Purdue, and Mar Minnesota and Purdue was turnovers late in the game that didn't allow them to win. Um, Maryland, they wiped out a 21-point deficit, missed a couple shots. Maryland hit a shot. Um, but against Michigan, that didn't happen. They took care of the ball. And when it was a tight game, they took the lead with about seven and a half to go, and they made all the game-winning plays down the stretch. So it's simply a matter of taking care of the ball. Jeff Patrikas is with us covering the Badgers for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Talk about the game tonight. What do you see? I think that, to me, the keys it's very simple. Illinois flourishes when they get the tempo up, when they create turnovers, um, when they can force a team into bad shots, when you get long rebounds. And that's the opposite of the way Wisconsin that's wants right. to play. That's right. Wisconsin wants to take care of the ball. What is it, 17.5 turnovers Illinois forces, I think 9.6 times Wisconsin turns the ball over. If Wisconsin doesn't turn the ball over and is efficient on offense and gets high percentage shots, it's going to be hard for Illinois to get out and run. But if Wisconsin turns it over, live ball turnovers, and Illinois gets out and run, that's going to be that's going to be a huge bonus for them. Has there been anybody successful in double teaming in the post? Well, you know what? Different teams have different philosophies. Some teams have double teamed Hap and said, we're going to take him away. Others have said, you know what? We're not going to double team him because we're more concerned about giving up three-point looks. Because Wisconsin, they can they do can't surround him with four guys at a time who can shoot three-pointers. We saw now, that at Iowa. Yeah. yeah <laughs> the shots have to go in, obviously. But So it'll be interesting to see how Illinois wants to do Because some teams have said, you know what, we'd rather give up half a two or foul him and maybe give up only one point than give up an open three. Need three centers to guard him, just fouling. Well, yeah, that's not, <laughs> it's not a bad idea. <laughs> Greg Gard, how do you assess his uh, run so far? You know, last year was a really difficult year, and I know some fans were, were really upset. They said that should never happen here. First of all, it was going to be a transitional year going losing four seniors, and you didn't have enough guards to do anything. So I give them a pass on that because that was, that team was just not a good team when they were when they were stripped from injuries. Um, this year, I think they're a solid team. They should be they should be at least have two more Big Ten victories, and they've got to avoid making mistakes down the stretch. But the thing I liked about him as soon as he took over the job, he showed he was different from Bo. He did things that Bo didn't do in terms of expanding the bench, switching the offense back to the way it used to be because he felt it better fit that team when he first took over. And in my opinion, the year Bo retired, if Bo would have stayed on his coach, the NC Toy streak would have ended that year, which would have been 15-16. Because you got to remember, that team lost to Western Illinois to open the year, lost at home to UWM. It was struggling at, I want to say, about 9-7 and seven when Greg took over, something like that. Wow. Jeff, How's Bo doing? I mean, do you see him at all? Does he show up? Rarely. Game? He is staying where it's warm, first of all, and he is laying very low. He's okay. rarely seen. Jeff Patrikas, we're glad you are seen here. We appreciate your time with us very much. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Good thanks, night. Jeff, Jeff Patrikas from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. He's one of the great ones in the business. We appreciate his time. We come back. Lauren Tate and I have the keys to the game. Then the coach's corner. It's State Farm Center tonight for Illinois and Wisconsin. 
it's Fighting Illini Game Day. The Rudy Wealth Management pregame show continues on News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5. Here again, Scott Beatty. Wisconsin Badgers tonight are the opponent for the Illini in the second game of the doubleheader for the Big Ten. Ohio State entertaining Purdue. Purdue was up at last look on that ball game. And uh, home court has, for the most part, been a big advantage here in the month of January for Big Ten teams. We'll see how it plays out here tonight. The Illini's uh, last victory over the Wisconsin Badgers. It's a 13-game losing streak. It came back in 2011. Bruce Weber was the coach when the Illini last won. Demetri McKamey. Dimitri and Mike Davis uh, were the big scorers in yep. that one. So for the Illini to buck that trend, let's get to our keys to the game. They're brought to you by Hickory Point Bank and Champagne, the unlimited value of the right team. One banking expert will take steer you in the right direction. A whole team of them takes you to your destination. It's Hickory Point Bank Invested, also brought to you by Loman Ray Insurance. Well, you got to make it as hard as possible to get the ball to half. you got to prevent that if you possibly can. Uh, that means pressure on the wings, pressure on the guards. And, uh, and then when he gets the ball, if you don't double-team him, he's going to score most of the time. And if you leave Georgie on him alone, Georgie won't be playing a lot tonight. Georgie will get fouls because the guy is a, he's a miracle. And by the way, Georgie's got some of his moves. He's just... Uh, He's just not as slick as, as Hap is with him. At least not yet. Not you know, yet. Potential there. I mean, that's been some of the chatter this week is can Georgie become an Ethan Hap type? But Georgie's already come in with more shooting ability. I think this year mm -hmm. Brad Underwood has tried to say let's stay away from that, uh, let other guys do that. But I think in the long run, uh, Georgie will be a guy you can stretch out in other places, and he may be by necessity have to do that next year. When Kofi Cockburn comes to play, but that's a whole other story. Well, one thing about uh, Hap is he passes extremely well. He's averaging five uh, assists per game, and he's uh, he, however you guard him, he seems to take advantage of what, his options. And uh, the one thing he doesn't do very well is shoot free throws. That doesn't mean he's going to miss them tonight. He might make them. I, I, that's for sure. All right, uh, from my end, I think it's the old adage, you have to defend for 30 seconds on every possession against Wisconsin. They're comfortable with 10 seconds or less on the clock. Yep. Yep. And they have surgical precision to find that open man, especially those backdoor cutters. The Illini have been burned by that plenty of times. So the Illini have to defend 30 seconds. We'll see if they can limit the Badgers enough. They're not a particular, you know, they're not a run and gun team. They're gonna play slower, but the Illini need to be able to get out and run. Well, I, I think that you'll find it very difficult to do that because they're not going to send a lot of people to the offensive board other than Hap. Yeah. And I, I think that uh, you know, th their goal is, is to, uh, to prevent Illinois from running, and Illinois' goal is to run. So we'll see who wins that one. Indeed. All right, Mr. Tate, appreciate right. it as always. Lauren Tate, Scott Beatty here on Fighting Illini Game Day. When we come back, it's the Coach's Corner. Brian Barnhart talks to Orlando Antigua, who has the scout on tonight's ball game. And then more coverage here from the State Farm Center. And don't forget afterwards, Fasteners, et cetera, post-game show. It's Illinois basketball here tonight. Late night start, Illinois and the Wisconsin Badgers. The Illini back home after the game with Iowa. And uh, Orlando Antigua joins us on the coach's corner. And coach, good to be back home again. I know we had that road trip to Iowa. And boy, they shot. Have you seen a shooting exhibition like that in a while? No. I mean, <laughs> uh, veteran team that uh, obviously is uh, really highly skilled playing at home and it made you. Uh, they made you pay for every mistake that you made. Um, 
by making open shots and it made for a long for a long night. Yeah. Uh, good learning experience for our guys. Um, you know, and, and, and now we get a chance to get back here and back home and in familiar uh, surroundings to, to try to go and duplicate the kind of experience that we had the last time that we were out here against Minnesota. Yeah, it's interesting that we go from playing a team that played at a very high tempo to the team that's the slowest in the Big Ten. Tonight. Yeah, yeah, and, and Wisconsin does that, uh, you know, there, um, you know, in the scouting, you try to talk about when you, when you approach it to, to prepare the team, <clears throat> the first thing you look at, what is, what is it that they do in transition? And, and most teams are running something in transition, and, and Wisconsin will every now and again will, will take advantage of opportunities, but really they want to control the pace. They want to set the tempo. Um, they want to play, you know, they want to minimize opportunities, and they want to grind you. They want to run their stuff, and it's, it's been what the Wisconsin way mm-hmm. for however many years, and, and uh, so they do a really good job of, of, of dictating pace that way. Um, we got to make sure we're, we're keen to that and, and telling a young team is, is because they're moving slow should not diminish the intensity that we need to have on defense um, to, get, to make them uncomfortable. Because what happens over the course of the games is teams tend to let down because they're going to come out and be methodical and slow-paced. And that's what they want to do. They want to control the pace that way. Well, and the other thing they do is if they get up six or eight because of the limited possessions, you almost feel like you're down 12 or 14. That's correct. That's correct. Because <laughs> uh, And they, they, they are another great team that makes that punishes you for your mistakes. Um, they don't beat themselves. You have to beat them. And, uh, you know, the other team that does a lot of that uh, is Virginia. You know, they control, the, they grind, they slow. It makes it ugly. And so we've got to make sure that we don't fall into, uh, into that trap for them. Well, Ethan Happ is the headliner, uh, probably first-team All-American, but it's just it's just interesting to watch him because not only does he score inside, but he can assist, he can rebound. I mean, he does does everything. He does. He does. He's a, he's a, a unique player and, and a very, very talented and, and great college player that's been a matchup problem for everyone in this conference for, for many years. And um, we get an opportunity to try to see how we can slow him down. Um, He's going to get his points. He's going to score. He's averaging almost 19, 20 points a game. The biggest key with him, though, is, is not allowing him to get eight, nine assists because that's where he really kills you. And with, because of his skill set and his size and his ability to see over defenses, um, he's got incredible feel. You know, you got to try to make things difficult and, and uh, don't let him impact and make the players around him better, which is what he's done. You're a big guy. You coach big guys. I mean, the footwork. Do you really appreciate that as a coach when you watch it? Absolutely, absolutely. And that's those are that's uh, you know a God-given ability and and a lot of work um, to be able to pivot over both shoulders and 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 utilize his feet the way he does and the angles that he needs. Um, you know, I, it's pretty impressive to watch, and it's something that you watch. You tell younger players to watch and see what you can absorb from. So you know. Georgie and I had have had a few days of watching a lot of his tapes in terms of seeing how he sets you up, how he lulls you to sleep, and then all of a sudden he gives you a burst of, of athleticism on his moves and how he leans you, uh, takes you one way and leans you with his body and then you know changes directions on you pretty quickly, which is pretty impressive. All right, we'll take a break. Back on the Coach's Corner with Orlando Antigua after this. 
It's Illinois and Wisconsin. We're here with assistant coach Orlando Antigua talking about the Wisconsin Badgers. So Hap is a big part, the big part of what they do. So when he kicks it back out, who gets it? Well, then you, then you have uh, Trice and, and, and Davison are two other big pieces that, that have been playing extremely well. And then Rivers, uh, for a 6'10", 6'11 guy, to shoot the ball the way he does, um, you know, it, it makes him very unique. Davison being as physical as a guard as he is, and he's a guy that's going to mix it up. He'll mix it up with the guards. He's going to mix it up with the wings. He's going to mix it up with the big guys. Um, he's their heart and soul. Uh, and them being able to add Trice to be able to shoot the ball the way he's been shooting the ball, playing off of Hap, uh, it, it's been really impressive. Yeah, Reavers is a big guy, but yeah. he can shoot it. Yeah, he, he extends. He's one of those guys that, that Hap, um, because of his ability – to shoot the ball, opens up the court for Hap so he can go in there and operate and maneuver. Uh, and if you leave off of him, um, he's got a quick release for a guy that's 6'10", 6'11". He's gotten a lot better. And you, you can tell in watching the film, even from last year to this year, how he's been able to, to uh, add some of the footwork that Hap has in his game. It's maybe a technical question, but when teams break down defensively against Wisconsin, what happens? Do you just not play the full 30, 30 seconds on the clock or – or what happened? Well, they, they do. They do, and, and, and that's part of the controlling the pace, and that's part mm -hmm. of the grind and, and, and with the swing offense that they run, back screen, down screen, back screen. They got different, all kind of different actions that you can get into that can disrupt. And, and the biggest thing for us is going to make sure that we concentrate on having great ball pressure, uh, being in line, sticking to our principles, and, and making things, disrupting their timing and their spacing as much as we can. Yeah, because it's interesting of all what they do, They've been the best team I've seen over the years, and when the shot clock gets down to five or six, they're the best in those last five seconds of teams that I've, that I've well, seen. Well, the ball always winds up in half's hands and yeah. the court space, and then he makes great plays and great decisions, uh, which is why he's one of the leaders in at, you know, Wisconsin history and all the categories that they show those, those highlights of him. Uh, um, you know, in assists, points, steals, rebounds, you, you name it, he's – He's on the top top five list of all those things. Defensively, over the years, as you know, they've been very stingy. Yeah. Uh, it's it's hard to score. What do they? Is it pack line defense? What do they do? Well, it is pack line, um, and, and very unique. They don't like to foul, and but they're very physical. So when you go to the basket on them, they're gonna body check you without bringing their hands down. They're gonna be very physical. You're gonna have to make plays through contact. Um, one of the areas where uh, Rivers has improved that is what we call, you know, just challenging the shot straight up, vertical, hands straight up above. We call it mozgoving. And uh, he does a great job of not coming down and bringing the hands down, which causes fouls. So uh, his length, his ability to jump straight up in, in his plane makes it difficult for guys to make baskets over him. And so we're going to have to try to get our guys prepared to understand that, that we're going to be seeing that. When we drive in there, when Io drives in there, there's going to be a lot of body contact, and we, we're going to have to play through some of that. Are turnovers the number we can get, force them into? Is that the stat, or is there another stat? No, well, well you know, they're a low turnover team, low possession team. Yeah. They're, they're averaging almost nine turnovers a game. Uh, if we can get those turnovers into the, you know, 15, uh, then we've done, we're doing a good job. But they're, they're, going, to very, they're going to limit those, those turnovers. Mm -hmm. uh, I think the, B, the big key for us is, is going to be the assist, uh, keeping those assist numbers down. Uh, making those guys have to make plays on the bounce and not, not a lot of catch-and-shoot threes. All right. Hey, Orlando, good luck tonight. Thanks, Brian. All right, appreciate it. Orlando Antigua with us here as we're on the Coach's Corner. Thanks much, Brian. The Coach's Corner brought to you by Hickory Point Bank in Champaign.